You're listening to the Underdog Sports NFL Show with host Chris Horwadell and Mario Hines. Brought to you by Underdog Sports. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. Chris Horwadell joined by Mario Hines. Mario, good sir, how are you? I am pretty, pretty good. I have a job that I feel like I was uh, asked to be on based on my merit. Mm-hmm. So I'm happy. No, that doesn't seem right. I know you and that doesn't seem right. But, <laughs> uh, oh man. Yeah, we have, we have a lot to talk about, a crazy amount to talk about, considering like three days ago, I was like, uh, we're going to talk about the Pro Bowl skills competition? I don't know, man. <laughs> Uh, no shortage of things to chit chat about. Uh, we do also have the Super Bowl coming up in, I don't know, like 10 ish days now. Mm-hmm. I've got BavadaSportsBook.com open in front of me. We're going to look at some interesting lines. We've got some Super Bowl stuff already and all of that good stuff. Uh, before we dig into that, let's talk about the biggest story. The biggest story in sports, maybe I'm not to get hyperbolic. Mm-hmm but uh, one that has the potential to be the biggest story in sports in 2022. Brian Flores, uh, former Miami head coach Brian Flores, has sued the NFL, has sued the New, uh, the New York Giants, has sued the Miami Dolphins, and has sued the Denver Broncos in a class action suit alleging uh, racial discrimination amongst hiring practices and a gluttony of other things. What was your take uh, when you saw this news break? I, I, of course, I had to figure out if it was real, like really mm-hmm. real because of the day and age we live in. And then I'm like, this is inevitable, right? It's yeah. the inevitability of, again, our time and our age. We've, this isn't the first accusation, but technology has gotten just to a point where the proof is there. And I think Brian Flores is the perfect person to represent this because he's kind of you know he's he's trustworthy you know meek mm-hmm. enough why why wouldn't why why would he need to do this um so it's like yeah. it's it's one of those things where i'm like this is might be bigger than we even realize maybe oh no this is going to be gigantic this is going to be something that that changes football as we know it and again not to be hyperbolic but i i genuinely believe that's true let's uh, take a look at these one by one let's start with the denver broncos because this one I feel like it's kind of bullshit. Um, I'm sorry. The, the other stuff is very real and very problematic. The allegations against the, the Broncos for being included in this lawsuit suggest that that uh, then uh, Broncos front office member John Elway showed up an hour late and he was hung over from the night before for uh, for Brian Flores' interview in Denver a couple years ago. That just sounds okay. like John Elway being John Elway. Yeah, right? <laughs> Like, like, yeah, that's probably an environment you don't want to work in, um, but I don't see anything actionable there. No, not at all. I mean, like you said, okay, a moron or um, a place that you don't want to be or mm-hmm. adds to the reason why they're in the position they're in, you know, yeah. or at Peyton Manning and you get a, an increase in, you know, organizational success, you take Pey- Peyton Manning out and it goes, it flatlines again. Makes sense, but you can't say because it's hard to say, I'll say. It's hard to prove that because you were the Rooney checkbox that um, that's why these guys came in unprepared and unprofessional, quote unquote, which I don't know, man. I don't know. You, if you, in some circles, that is the way you get a deal done. It's by mm. showing, yeah. you know, going out, doing the thing, having real time together, talk real, and then, you know, meet at the, do the interview after that. Right. Uh, you know, look, and also worth pointing out that he is alleging Rooney rule violations as part of the Broncos thing as well. But I really just want to talk about John Elway being drunk. The, the Broncos issued a very clear statement on this. The allegations from Brian Flores directed towards the Denver Broncos in today's court filing are blatantly false. Our interview with Mr. Flores regarding our head coaching position began promptly at the scheduled time of 7.30 a.m. on January 5th, 2019 in a Providence, Rhode Island hotel. There were five Broncos executives present for the interview, which lasted approximately three and a half hours. 
the fully allotted time, and concluded shortly before 11 a.m. Pages of detailed notes, analysis, and evaluations from our interview demonstrate the depth of the conversation and sincere interest in Mr. Flores as a head coaching candidate. Our process was thorough and fair to determine the most qualified candidate for our head coaching position. The Broncos will vigorously defend the integrity and values of our organization and its employees from such baseless and disparaging claims. Sure. Well written. (laughs) And also, like, I just don't, I just don't think there's anything here. I know Vic Fangio got the job after Flores interviewed, but the Broncos one just, the Broncos one just kind of falls flat for me. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not huge on that one. Again, I kind of, truth be told, Chris, I forgot the Broncos were involved. I am stuck on yeah. the Giants. Like it's it's the 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 Giants are a big enough deal to where like I don't I don't I don't need in my mind to squeeze as many of the 32 NFL teams into it. So I'm not even yeah. searching for another team. So I, truth like I said, truth be told, okay, I already erased that. Like to just like the good old bo- good old boys doings. You know what I mean? Not necessarily like we don't want you because you're black, but like you're going to get drunk and go to an interview for every interview. That's how I get through interviews, says John yeah. Elway. So, like, whatevs. <laughs> yeah. I did look to see on their futures if Bavada had odds on whether or not Flores was going to you know, either coach again in the NFL or win this lawsuit. And they aren't there. Uh, that might be the respectful thing to do, but I do think they're potentially leaving money on the table there. Likely. Likely. But you got to get in, get out with this, to be honest. Well, this isn't going to be an over quickly kind of thing. (laughs) Let's move to the Giants part of this. uh, And good buddy Bill Belichick plays a a pivotal role in this. So here's the text message exchange from Bill Belichick to Brian Flores. Sounds like you have landed. Congrats. This is Belichick texting (laughs) Flores. Did you hear something I didn't hear? Giants, question mark, question mark, question mark. I interview on Thursday. I think I have a shot at it. Got it. I hear from Buffalo and New York that you're their guy. Hope it works out if you want it to. That's definitely what I want. I hope you're right, coach. Thank you. Coach, are you talking to Brian Flores or Brian Dabble? Just making sure. Sorry, I fucked this up. I double-checked and I misread the text. I think they're naming Dabble. I'm sorry about that. BB. Thanks, Bill. (laughs) So the significance of this is that they had already made the decision, allegedly, to hire Dabble, and they had not satisfied Rooney Rule requirements by having an in-person interview with a minority candidate for the head coaching position by this point. It was only after that that they brought Flores in in what was, quite frankly, an absolute sham of an interview and Mm -hmm. uh, a a practice in futility just to not get in trouble. What would you make of the Giants thing? The Giants thing is, I mean, again, another organization where you're like, okay, makes sense why you guys keep stinking it up because you do shit like this. And, okay, I'm going to put this out on the table so I don't have to mention it or refer to it ever again. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, in the real world, in real life, you can have a favorite and still plan other interviews in the world yeah. of interviewing. Sure, right? So I'm, I'm acknowledging it so that we don't have to acknowledge it anymore. Due diligence. Yes. Now, insert the actual folks. Brian Flores yeah. is quality. As quality of a head coach in this market as you're going mm-hmm. to get. So. Not treating him as such is already an injustice, right? In in the football world, add to the fact that he's a black man and you have the Rooney rule and it's already squirting through the the seams that you know who you're going to pick. Like, that's just that's that's whack, because then you don't even see the value in Brian Flores and. No, you see the value in his skin color. Exactly. As a means to exactly, because. If you have value in it, you don't, <laughs> this might sound crazy, you don't use Brian Flores as that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so if you're naming 100%. a guy, if you're naming a guy before meeting with Brian Flores, you just don't meet with Brian Flores because I wouldn't want to do that to a worthy candidate like Brian Flores. That's what you do if you actually give a damn. 
So that yeah. puts the first argument out of the, out of the door. It's all, it's all racial, all feeding the check mark. And this is what some people said where they say the Rooney rule isn't helpful because they're right. just going to find a way around it. Yeah. Well, they, they'd conducted a zoom interview with Flores uh, prior to that, but had not satisfied Rooney rule requirements. Now, look, uh, Brian Dabble is an outstanding football coach. This, I'm not making this about Brian Dabble versus Brian Flores. And quite frankly, sports life and as, as in most other things in life is largely about who, you know, and the relationships you formed. Mm-hmm. Joe Schoen was named the general manager of the New York giants. He's the former bills assistant GM. He had a preexisting relationship with Brian Dabble. There's an inherent comfort level. Brian Dabble was always probably going to get that job. That's not wrong. That's just what it is. However, to make light of this situation and not give other qualified candidates a legitimate shot at being heard, we have a problem there. Yeah, big time. And it's it, now we're, it's on the table. And that's yeah. what I like about it. Because, yes, we have a problem there, even in theory. But now we have a real real ass problem because we all know about it. And this is this is where you get bigger than the giant's problem, but the actual problem. Yeah. You know. Well, and the actual problem is a gigantic one. In in a sport with such a large percentage of of black and minority players, there is one head coach in the NFL right now who is a black man, and that's Mike Tomlin. There's one there is 13 black head coaches in basketball. That number seems about right. It's about half. Mm-hmm. Probably should be a little bit more. It mm-hmm. probably should break the other way in terms of, in terms of that ratio. But it, it's, it's in the area. Right. Why there's one head, black head coach in football? I mean, <laughs> there's no way to get around one nepotism, which is real and can be good or bad. You know, right yeah. now it's a negative connotation because of what we're talking about. But then you talk about the college to, to pro pipeline. So you combine those two things. You've got the coaches that are already there and their connection in, in their network. And then you've got major high profile jobs in college that are typically picked from when, you know, new coaches are need to be placed into the NFL pathway. And those coaches aren't black either. So, right. you know, you're not going to find major growth. And then, you know, you've got guys like Dion who, you know, it's great to see. And I love it. I really, truly do. I actually don't have yeah. a but. I think my and is that it's Dion. <laughs> yeah, I do have a but there. And but. that is that I'm not sure Dion's a good coach, uh, but he is certainly ha- he certainly has the star power to lure recruits. And quite frankly, that's all that matters at the college level. Right, 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 right. So and, and, and with using Dion, it's like leverage to say, OK. You put a black guy at a a position to to make waves, you know, and well, then. But that's in an HBCU too. True. It's not. I, I think somebody like David Shaw is probably a more apt analogy because I mean Shaw was a very hot NFL candidate for a long time and never got the job, which is <laughs> so crazy that I forgot. Yeah, <laughs> like seriously, forgot. Yeah, no, that's it's it's problematic, man. Um. Let's talk about the Dolphins part of this, because this is an interesting one, too, and there's a lot of allegations here. Let's start with the biggest one, that Dolphins owner Stephen Ross believed that Flores was, quote, working too hard to win and offered him $100,000 for each loss. I don't even, I don't say it again, trying too hard to win. He wanted that he wanted to tank. Try. He wanted the he wanted the number one pick in that twenty nine. Well, I guess it would have been the twenty twenty class, which I guess gets you Joe Burrow as your quarterback. Yeah, which would have but been nice. would have been nice. But winning games is also nice. Being competitive is also nice. Playing within the letter of the law is also it's nice. So you don't know how, the reason why I'm kind of stuck here is that I cannot make it practical. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what that means to one try too hard to win. That's what you. That's called trying. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. You're trying. That's just you're trying too hard. I don't know what you want me to yeah. do. Throw the ball down. I mean, there's 
There's a couple players that can shave. I don't know how a coach can shave. You know what I mean? But well, I do want to. I want to get into that a little bit after this because there's other allegations out there that we'll talk about. But uh, the other part of this is that Ross asked uh, allegedly, and allegedly is a very important word here. Allegedly asked Flores to tamper with a quarterback who was an impending free agent but was currently under contract. Uh, <clears throat> Flores said no to the first meeting. Then Ross allegedly uh, invited Flores to lunch on his boat, on his yacht. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened that that star quarterback, who was almost certainly Tom Brady, just so happened to be in the marina as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, Ross wanted Flores to meet with him. But again, Flores allegedly declined. <laughs> A lot of allegedly's here. Allegedly. We have to, you have to say it. I mean... What to make of that, Chris? What to make of that scenario? And how does it yeah. how does it how does it warrant such a a negative outlook on Flores in either in either direction? Well, and that's what came of this. If you if you believe what Flores has had to say, that after that happened and that he rebuffed their statements, their requests, that he then was treated with disdain. He was looked at as uh as being, you know, not a team player, non-compliant with requests, the work environment became hostile, and the door was pretty much a, pretty much open for him to be fired at that point. Brian Flores was fired as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins after leading the team to two consecutive winning seasons, something the team hadn't done since 2003. Wasn't he the first coach fired, too? At the end of the season, yeah, I believe he was the first. Well, yeah, you at, the, I mean? end the, at end of the season, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we had some uh, some interesting in season firings this very, year. Very, very, very interesting. No, I think that substantiates. You know, it's 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 circumstantial evidence, but it to me it substantiates the very, very, um, you know, stiff, stressful, pressurized mm -hmm. work environment. They couldn't wait to be done with the guy. They couldn't wait. No, they wanted him out of there. Um, you know, there is an argument to be made that Flores, and this, this is my position of why Flores was fired, was that he was really attaching himself to Deshaun Watson. We know that we know that he was, again, allegedly at this point, the driving force for the team to try and make the trade for Deshaun Watson during the season and wanted uh, to attach himself to Deshaun Watson wherever he went as a head coaching candidate. With that said, this guy's an NFL head coach. There's no question about that. Well, not anymore. <laughs> and wouldn't Houston have made sense? It it could have. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in Houston, man. I'm I'm very, I'm very weary to throw anybody I rock with into that scenario. Oh, I'll tell you what's going on in Houston. They're just looking for an excuse to hire Josh McCown. The guy has never coached above high school. <laughs> Look, I think I, I've, I've said numerous times, I, when Josh McCown was playing for the Eagles, when he's playing for the Browns, guy is a brilliant football mind. And I thought that within five years of him retiring, he'd be a head coach in the NFL. I just thought that that would go, oh, year one, he's a quarterback coach. You, you know, year three, he's an offensive coordinator. I didn't think that we were just going to bring him up from the high school, the Texas high school football team that he was coaching. Who I don't even know what the record was. It better have been good. I mean, who cares? No, Could uh, you imagine if he had a losing record? In high school, it's like you, you really <laughs> got to put your blame, point your finger at the kids. Um, no, yeah. you can't. I'll push back here and only here. You can't, uh, you can't. Genius is genius. You know, football genius is football genius. So if he's got that juice going, if he's got that running, then pull, bring in the guys that know how to run um, an NFL coaching staff and know how to get things done and you do the football smarts part until it catches up i don't know like <laughs> this isn't the nba you, you don't just you don't just jump into being a head coach it doesn't i it does. know like, it does you're right that feels very nba-ish memphis memphis-ish yeah yeah let's give uh let's give jason kidd a head coaching spot let's give steve nash a head coaching spot you better hope you have kevin durant to make that work you you better hope. 
Um, there's another interesting thing that I'd love to see listed at Bavada if possible, and that is there has been talk because, quite frankly, uh, this all suggests, excuse me, that the Dolphins had no intention of winning games, that Dolphins season ticket holders may have some legal action in a class action lawsuit of their own, uh, because they paid for tickets with the expectation that the team was making an attempt to be competitive. Ooh, somebody, somebody's contacting their lawyer right now to see if they've got something. I know it. I would be furious. Yeah. 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 I actually want to see it. Can you nudge that furious. along? Do you know anybody? In uh, yes. I, I, Dwayne Wade? Yeah, can, tell can him. Tell him to like look into this. He's been short. Dwayne's listening. Dwayne, just, just check that out. Yeah, you've been also shorted. Pitbull. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Between Dwayne and Pitbull, I think we have this covered. Oh, I didn't want to call Pitbull first because Pitbull will flip the city upside down. Oh yeah, no, no, no. He's he's the nuclear option for sure. <laughs> well, if you're listening, Mister Bull, we know it. We'll, we'll call him Pit. We're friends. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, for other listeners, please call him Mister Bull. Trust me. Uh. Yeah, let 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 the rain fall down on this Miami Dolphins team because they also are pretty shitty in all this. Yeah, I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. The uh, there was other allegations though, and this is gonna come to the shock and surprise of absolutely no one who's watched football over the last decade. A a woman who, and this is very important to point out, who has is I believe she's the executive director of Hugh Jackson's charitable foundation, mm-hmm. came out in a very attention-seeking tweet and said that they have proof that the Browns also offered Hugh Jackson money to lose games. Now, my question would be, why would you have to do that? I was going to say, good luck. Good luck with this margin of, of, of clarity. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> well, who, were, I'm gonna, who was on that roster? Uh, it was not a good roster. Yeah, I want to just tell you, it was it was in fact like Josh McCown. Is my the thing about right, 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 full circle. The thing about that is that a lot of NFL players are going to catch some strays if uh, if this goes into like getting uh, deposed or anything. Like, well, if you look at who was on the roster and who's current on any current rosters, yeah. you'll see that I was <laughs> the Browns were in no way trying yeah. to lose. They had no choice but to lose. Yeah, Your Honor, I'm sure you can clearly see that Brady Quinn and Andrew Hawkins were starters. <laughs> Word to Hawk. What were the expectations there? <laughs> that really. I is love the... one of those two people, and the other one's Brady Quinn. There you go. Um... <laughs> Brady Quinn. Wait, 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 wait. Are you referring to football player Brady Quinn or current analyst Brady Quinn? I sure. Yes, like the total package. <laughs> excellent, Brady Quinn. excellent. I just wanted to make sure you were um, bothered by both as. A... Oh my God, so much. And I love, I, just, I love Andrew Hawkins, both as a podcaster and as a football player. Andrew Hawkins with the single best touchdown celebration ever. When he, he scores a touchdown, and this is back in the no fun times of the NFL. And uh, he scores a touchdown, robotically walks to the sidelines, puts the ball down, and robotically walks back. <laughs> just amazing. He's so creative. I actually, you know, fun fact, I was a teammate of his for a semester at Toledo. So we actually are, um, we lost contact, but we were pretty close uh, during the time. We actually talked a lot when he was doing Michael Irvin's reality show that he ended up with. Playmakers, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it Playmakers? Could be. Well, I know Playmakers was that ESPN no, show. No, Michael Irvin's Playmakers, though, I thought it was called. Michael Irvin. I, well, I can reach out to play. I can reach out to Irvin and we find out. Okay. I don't want to brag, but I have his phone number. Reality show. Uh, Fourth and Long. Fourth and Long was the name of it? Apparently. It aired on Spike TV, and uh, Jesse Holly won that, beating Andrew Hawkins. In the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hawk was the favorite and still lost somehow. Um, yeah, that's a terrible name. <laughs> no one else from that uh, show is anyone we're going to know. Yeah, no. I can't. Eddie Moten sounds familiar, oh. but I think it, but I think it's the last name. No, Eddie Moten really did continue to play. Um, not in any professional league. Oh, though. then it is the last name. Yeah, uh, Eddie Moten did have a long career. The cornerback, born in Dallas, Texas, 
I uh, played for the Portland Steel, the Rio Grande Valley Dorados, the Philadelphia Soul. There you go. The California Redwoods, the Dallas Vigilantes, the San Jose Sabercats, the Orlando Predators, the New Orleans Voodoo, the Orlando Predators, the Las Vegas Outlaws, and finally in 2016, the Portland Steel. I think all of those were AFL teams, though. <laughs> I thought about playing that game, but... No. no AF2 for... Uh, AFL. This is just the the California Redwoods just links to the California Redwoods. <laughs> I got he was just in the California Redwoods. That's the, yeah. Which, that's by the, the way, if if you're in the uh, if you're in the Northwest, um, that the California Redwoods are an amazing thing to to go see. Very, very cool. John Muir National Park uh, would be a recommendation of mine. Mm-hmm. The kind of thing that like, you think you're not going to care about, and then you get there, and you're like, holy shit, this is insane. <laughs> I, w- I would like to. I'm not nervous or anything. Well, you're going to... Okay, so if you go to the John Muir National Park, which is uh, right by Stinson Beach in... I, think, I don't know if it's listed as San Francisco or not, but it's San Francisco adjacent. It's Marin County. Mm-hmm. Um, the... The windy road that you have to go down, like down a mountain without any sort of guardrails on the side, nothing short of terrifying. <laughs> I was driving. I had three people in the car with me. Like my only goal was to not have us fall down this hill. That would be, that's one of my, when I was in, <laughs> we, I did a hiking trip in um, Chinky Terry, Italy, the five cities or whatever. And I, there's like Humble this, brag. the hike goes up this, mountainside that is like basically i guess my imagination made it seem like it's the size of your foot wide like mm-hmm. all of it so i'm just like creepingly just like i had to like crawl down to the, it was just so terrifying so this sounds right up my alley yeah no it was, it was a cool experience it was, it was a real cool experience while you're there uh taking the golden gate bridge because you can probably do that in the same uh, same day hmm. uh you can probably see one from the other at certain at certain points that's good. That's good. That's good. Um, Hugh Jackson, that whole thing. He, my, he alleges that uh, current Browns general manager Andrew Barry was part of the contingent that was having a, that was tasked to tank along with Jackson and Di Podesto. I guess my question is like, if you're trying to get people to tank, how much tanking? can the VP of player personnel and the chief strategy officer do? (laughs) Like, it feels like there's better people to target. Well, when you get your chief strategy from the chief strategy officer. And it just said lose. Like in caps. Yeah. And then when you weren't, they weren't losing enough. He italicized it. Oh shit. Mm -hmm. That, that'll be taken seriously. Don't bold it. Cause that's going too far. That's going too far. And then you've got people that are actively trying to win because you're, too loud oh yeah no they're 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 yeah working against you at that point mm-hmm. no question oh, no, this is a weird situation man like i i just don't know i don't know what changes come from this because we need to see changes and i think <laughs> the easiest way for this to change and it's also the one that is the most telling of the socioeconomic socioeconomic issues that go into all of this is that we need more minority ownership. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is that, and I don't know if you're aware of this, uh, in this country, we have a pretty proud history of taking advantage of minorities and not paying them what they're worth. Right. Making it difficult to achieve the sort of generational wealth that's necessary to buy a football team. Yeah, it's real hard. Real hard to have the yeah. <laughs> Real hard to buy the team, man. And anyone that has a chance, I mean, it's just not the circle. It's not the circles yeah. you run in, you know? There are two, um, there are two majority shareholding minority owners in the NFL, and that's uh, Shahid Khan of the Jaguars and Kim Pagula of the, of the uh, Bills. Two. Ah. Ah. And none of them black. Of course not. You do have Michael Jordan in Charlotte. Um, but honestly, that hasn't worked out great, right, quite right. frank. <laughs> uh, but but that's that's kind of the pro, and I guess Alex Rodriguez now in uh, not black but a minority in 
where is he, Minnesota? Um, but that's the problem, is like, in order to achieve that position, you have to be a generationally, historically great athlete to make that there much money. Exactly. You have to be the best of the so best, no and then deal. you have to care. Then you have to care to do that. Right. Like, you have to care to own the team. <laughs> right, and you have to have managed your money throughout your life. Oh, so many variables. Like, much as I love AI, I don't think he's buying a team. Oh, man. That's a team that I would do anything for. The AI-owned team. <laughs> that would be a... Uh... It's a youth. I love Alan. I love Alan, so I'm not saying anything bad about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, he's there. The there's there are some people in my life who are beyond criticism, and uh, Alan Iverson is one of those people. Oh yeah, he is. Especially since I, I'm sure I startled the hell out of him at one point in our lives, in a story that? that I've told a million times. So I won't tell it over. But uh, yeah, my my brief brush with Mr. Iverson. Oh man, you you're greater for the exchange, even though it sounds I, like dude. I was. I, I went and I, like, that was back on, like, prime AOL time. Like, hopped on AOL. Like, anybody who was there, I was like, I just, I just saw Allen Iverson. I just saw Allen Iverson. It was just me and him. I just saw Allen Iverson. He was by the fell. He was in country. Yeah, of course he is. He lives there. Right. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> I thought it was cool. And, and he kind of, like, timidly waved to me because I made a lot of noise. And I was very excited to see him, but, you know, I imagine that's, uh, that's just life for Allen Iverson. Yeah, I'm glad he, I'm glad he responded positively to it. Yeah, he was nice. He, that's my age. Like, he, he, he gave a wave. He, he gave, we were on, we were passing each other on a very, very, very small, like, back road in Conshohocken. And, uh, yeah, that was cool. That was cool. I think, I imagine he remembers that, too. <laughs> yeah, no, he's talking about it currently. On his podcast, which is not on my network for some reason. Son of a bitch. Uh, also, he was Iverson would be Iverson's a top would have been a top five wish list guest for me when I was doing Tales from the Association. Mm. He would have been a top five. Like number one, I is Bob Cousy. I love Bob Cousy. He's my favorite player of all time. He's the reason I play basketball the way I play basketball. So I. He would be my guy. And also, like, went through so many crazy things in a very different era of both America and basketball. Iverson would be on that list. Shaq would be on that list. Uh, John Sally, just because John Sally's fucking hilarious. He's hilarious, yeah. And I don't, I don't know who the fifth one would be. I'm going to leave that open for... Leave that open Ooh, for Like, Larry Bird would be in that conversation. He's a great interview. Larry Bird would be in that conversation. Like, if I didn't hate Magic Johnson so much... If he would have never had that stint with the Magic, I'm the Magic, excuse me, with the with the Lakers when he was GM, I'm, yeah, I could, it might have been Magic, but I I hate him. Mm-hmm. It's hard to come overcome that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, problems for another day, though. Uh, what do you? I mean, it's this is a reductive question, but what comes from this lawsuit? Monies, <laughs> big monies, a uh, hard time. If ever another time coaching in the league, um, never. Oh, he can't. He'll never have a head coaching yeah. job again. And he knew that the moment he filed yeah. that lawsuit. Which, which tells me, uh, I, I, I didn't want to get into it on Twitter. Like I just kind of let that go. Um, mm. like, certain situations, I'm like, I don't have time for trolls. So, but yeah, uh, I think it explains, or at least touches on, like the burnout of this whole thing, which will always go undiscussed. You know, but he had to really sit down with his family, loved ones, and make a real conscious decision to do this, knowing yeah. this. And to me, that says, like, the the worth of being able to coach is not even high enough at this right. point. Like, it's it completely turned me off from it. Like, I'm burnt from it, and that's it. Maybe he coaches in college. I Hopefully, he coaches in college and becomes one of the best college coaches ever. But Well, or it's just he feels that calling to use this incredible slight this is this this horrible action as a way to get other people in the door in the future and to shine light on a situation that is fundamentally broken yeah yeah i mean he's already he's already stepped one foot forward in that um yeah. so and and i think going on i don't know what he went on to i think it was cnn i don't know what it was it was like uh, i think it was like first take or something, something like, like that, that with the lawyers yeah, or whatever it. i mean that's another i think two lawyers yeah I think that's another step in 
solidifying that it's more than just I have been slighted. I think it, yeah. it, it does solidify a, a, a backing of a stance and a willingness to um, platform the stance. Well, and it is more than just he was slighted, and they know that they in that the clips of the interview I watched, they they have said that other coaches have reached out to him, talking about similar instances where that similar things happen to them, both in asking being asked to lose and you know the Rooney Rule stuff. It is a class action lawsuit, so it's open for other people to join. I would hope more people step up and talk about this, but you know the reality is, and I think we hit on this a little bit earlier. You know, if if Bavada were to have odds on will Brian Flores ever coach in the NFL again, and you're you're sitting no at like negative a hundred thousand. Yeah, you're gonna make big money if you say yes and it actually happens. Big, yeah. big money. Yeah, yes would just be like it's incalculable. Yeah. How high that that would have to be. Yeah. It sucks. Um I you know, look, I've I've we have we have a problem with minority hires. I, I've said this entire time and I won't rehash all of my issues. I think that it's slightly problematic that the face of this has become Eric Bieniemy because he's not a great guy. Mm-hmm. There are there are a million unbelievable coaching candidates. You know, if I were if I were if I were starting a team, uh, you know, and you'd say you know, I I can't get I can't get a big name NFL coach right now. Give me an up and coming guy. Like my first hire is D'Amico Ryan's. Oh, I think he is going to be just a fucking unbelievable head coach. That is a high character leader of men. He has got every trait that you want. You know, you got to watch Aaron Glenn this year. He's gonna rise. He Gerard Mayo is another guy who's yep. gonna be a hot coaching candidate. Mike Caldwell, Fred McNair. And that doesn't even talk about and I, I don't like to say retread, but the retread guys, the Jim Caldwells, mm-hmm. the Todd Bowles, the uh, people of that ilk. It's just, and when you talk about retreads too, like it's also worth pointing out that it's not just a matter of like, oh, Flores didn't want to lose some games. Black head coaches and minority head coaches have a much more difficult time getting a second job if they get fired. You see a lot of these these white head coaches, the the old boys league, just get passed from opportunity to opportunity and in some cases fall upwards. Look at Cliff Kingsbury, for example. Right. That doesn't happen with minority coaches. Not at all. Not at all. Like you said, Brian Flores had to scoff at it for the sake of his own future. Forget, you know, or set aside, I'd say, the competitive nature of the now. It's like if I think about this in big picture, I'm the yeah. coach with those L's on my record, man. No. <laughs> right. No. And then... Coaches already get fired disproportionate to their success anyways. So the wins actually don't guarantee you that you're going to remain in the gig, so to speak. So it's it's layered. It's it's uh, sometimes confusing, but also very, very much real. Yeah. Well, we don't get the opportunity to just have long chats about individual topics very often. So that, that was... It's a different kind of thing for the show, but I, that was, first of all, important to talk about, and uh, that was good. I enjoyed that. I appreciate you, man. That was good. It's uh, good to talk about it with you as well. Not what, uh, not what we Sorry. want to be talking about. Uh, is it because I'm white? <laughs> yes. No, no, no. You're a good guy, Chris. And um, no, I think that's a lie. I think that's uh, yeah, that's propaganda that's that been is. put out by my own media organization, and I am falling. Following, following suit. <laughs> no, man, I just think, like you said, it's important to say it's, it's standing out and, you know, we've got to be on the right side of history or just stuff that makes sense, man. You know what I mean? Like, you can't, you can't, you know, piss on me and tell, it, tell me it's raining every day and me go yeah, for it. I've apologized for that, but, uh, you know, this is, this is a disaster. And let's not, let's not kid ourselves. We're not being naive here when we're talking about the dolphin stuff. Teams tank in every sport every single year. Yeah. Don't be this obvious about it's it. So so dumb. You should be losing the game right now, like into the yeah. microphone, Homer Simpson. Don't <laughs> right. Don't be this obvious about it. Uh, we had uh, another pretty. <laughs> it's crazy that the the retirement of Tom Brady has become the secondary story of the week, mm-hmm. but especially with how it played out, it it kind of is where he's like, oh, I haven't made my mind up yet. 
Uh, oh yeah, now I'm, now I'm ready now. I retire. <laughs> um, so Tom Brady has retired. Uh, magical NFL career, arguably the greatest quarterback to ever do the damn thing. Pavada has a question that I think is interesting, uh, and I have a pretty strong opinion on it. Which way it's going to fall? Will Tom Brady be the head coach of an NFL team? <laughs> Talk about what we're talking about. Yeah. Before the 26-27 NFL season, yes, plus 500, no, minus 900. Where are you putting your money? <laughs> I don't think he has any interest in coaching football. Agreed, 100%. <laughs> it's not, isn't, it doesn't even like hit a blip on the radar of if you're paying attention to how Tom Brady is. Yeah, maybe an ownership group. I could see him trying to own a team, but and again, this really all ties to what we're talking about. Uh, but I don't think there's any interest at all in being a head coach. No, zip zero, stingy with De Niro. Well, the fallout from the Tom Brady thing is also uh, there's another player on that team who may be more inclined to hang them up now. Bavada asks, where will uh, Tom? Well, where will Rob Gronkowski? Play game one of the 2022-2023 NFL season. Tampa Bay plus 350. Any NFL team plus 550. Not playing minus 500. Nowhere, man. Nowhere. He's yeah. going to go find money elsewhere. You cannot convince him to play with money. So, uh, yeah, he's done too. He's done so. You'll see him. If you want to see Gronkowski, tune into the WWE. Exactly. That's uh, where I imagine you'll be seeing him again. And good for that guy. That guy's lived a great life. I mean, I know, I know it's had pretty serious back injuries, but... <laughs> Just like people knock Gronk because maybe not the smartest guy in the world, but never spent a penny of his NFL money, lived off of endorsements. Like this, this guy has done everything the right way and has never really gotten in trouble. Right. I think he's life smart. Like he's, he's life skills smart, man. He may not give you the eloquent. He's not going to, you know, read the book. He's not going to ace the test, but he will, he will somehow impress with the fruit of his life. He's just good at doing life. And I, I rock with him. You'll probably see him on in, in other places that you never imagined because he's going to find a way to make things interesting. And also, like, you see these, uh, these posts made by players celebrating a guy who retires. And, like, you wonder, uh, did their PR team write that or did that, that person actually write that? Well, I read the one that Rob Gronkowski uh, sent via Instagram to Tom Brady. And I'm pretty goddamn sure that he wrote that. <laughs> I didn't see it yet, but now I'm... Very, very eager to see what um st- what uh st- caveman writings he wrote on his Instagram to like, let Tom Brady know he appreciates. At one point, I think he says something along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing slightly, that if you put ten percent into anything else of what you put into football, you're going to be quote super duper successful. <laughs> Like that's not that's probably not written by the PR team. I like you add dupe. Duper is as academic as right. you can get, bro. You gotta say duper if you really, really are come from academia. Right. You know that you know that shit's serious when you add the duper in. <laughs> um and he signed it Gronky. Oh, I didn't even know he had a little Nicky name like that. Oh yeah, he started at like Hey Tommy or something like that. So look, they have a relationship we don't we'll never understand. True thing. Um, there's a couple other interesting props out there. This one, I, I just, sometimes you see something and you wonder like, why is it there? And that, that applies here for me. Where will Andy Reid be coaching game one of the 2022-2023 NFL season? Kansas City, uh, the big favorite, minus 600, not coaching week one plus 350. Like, why is that even listed? Do what do we not know? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if, if. If Brian Dabble had rubbing his name in the mix, if Andy Reid is like, I'm just tired. I don't even think he's yeah. sick of anything. You know what I mean? But I'm just kind of tired and I want to talk about it. I think that's probably out there. This one is interesting for you uh, indirectly. Mm. Because we're talking about, I think we're, I forget, 73 days, something like that. Away from 86 days. I don't know. We're no, it can't be that long. 40, 60, 73 might be right. Uh, away from the 2022 NFL draft, where the Detroit Lions hold the number two pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. Odds on Bavada for who will go number one are interesting because this is a year where there's no surefire number one pick. The favorite, the slight favorite, is Aiden Hutchinson, Michigan defensive end at plus 155. 
followed by Alabama offensive tackle Evan Neal, plus 210. Oregon defensive end Kayvon Thibodeau at plus 250. And uh, NC State offensive lineman Ike Akwanu at plus 500. I can't remember a year when there was this much uncertainty. I'm trying to think back. Maybe 2013? Snooze Fest? I think there's better players. There's better players throughout and a little bit better top end in 2013. Oh, I think I'm going to go with Aiden, though. No, no, no. I think, is there an understanding here that Aiden Hutchinson has to go to the Lions, but he's going to drop the two? I don't know. I really have no idea where this is going to go. I think about what, where, who do you think ends up a Lion? I guess that's, that's my I think Aiden Hutchinson, I question. think that that is going to happen. I don't even know if I'm actually all for it anymore, but I think it's going to happen. I mean, if you're Jacksonville, you do have to really consider picking one of these offensive tackles to protect your quarterback. Right, right. And it's a need. Yeah. So I can see it happening. That's a weird year. Mm-hmm. It's an absolutely weird year. Um, what else is interesting? <laughs> There's, there are so many talented quarterbacks available this offseason. And the one prop that we have here is where will Jimmy Garoppolo play the first game of the 2022-2023 NFL season? Bavada has the Steelers, the favorites, at plus 325. The football team, well, now the Washington Commanders Gross. Uh, at 450, along with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Broncos, 650, the Dolphins, 750 with the Panthers. Where's Jimmy G going to play? I'm thinking he's going... I, like, I didn't think about the Steelers. I kind of like it. I'm thinking Houston-Miami-ish. Houston's interesting. Um, yeah, Houston's interesting. I, I wonder if they're going to be one of the teams that's going to just want to pick a quarterback and Do their and thing. sort of reset things there. I don't know what Garoppolo does for them, especially, you know, they haven't had the most luck with the quote-unquote placeholder quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I guess San Francisco is plus 650, but he's not going to, yeah. I mean, if he's in San Francisco, he's going to be the backup because Trey Lance is going to be the starter there. Yeah. Yeah, no, it definitely won't be San Fran. I'm not even considering it, but yeah. Um, what do you think of the commander's name, by the way? I think it's so weird. And dumb. It's dumb. It's like it's beneath where it could have went. I mean, I think, I think WFT was awesome. A lot of people liked it. It was cool. A lot of people liked it. I don't know how I feel. It's very soccery or uh, or football if you're there you um, go. across the pond. I mean, I think that was a blend that, I mean... It could have been everyone across the overseas favorite favorite team just off the sake off the off the re- relation, but no, the commanders it will um give it six years and we won't care. I also like that it wasn't spoiled not once but twice. <laughs> Yo, people really care to spoil it though. Like Joe Theismann accident in, in a story nobody talks about because ultimately nobody cares. On the on the thirty first of January, Thosman was on some ESPN show, and uh, he accidentally said, "You'll cheer for the Commanders" in in his uh, in his answer to a question. <laughs> and uh, then we had the weird uh, the news chopper that just zoomed in <laughs> on the stadium and and saw the Commanders uh, logo and stuff. Yeah, man. I mean, Teddy. I mean, yeah. This is all, and it it fell flat, like you said, because who cares? The name mm-hmm. stinks. Yeah. Uh, it won't stink later on, though. I just we'll get used to it. It just really stinks when all the hoopla about changing the name, and you know, and there was supposed to be a lot of due diligence. Yeah, I I saw a tweet that I thought was was apt that said the Washington Commander sounds like the name of a team in a video game that couldn't get an NFL license. Absolutely, you play for the Commanders uh, as you journey through something that's kind of about football. Yeah. <laughs> Only tangentially. Uh, <laughs> last, last thing I want to talk about, because we're going to talk about this a lot more next week, as you would imagine. We are uh, but, a, I guess, scant 11 days away from the 2022 Super Bowl, which is not how anybody calls it. Super Bowl 56 there we go. in uh, in Inglewood, California, SoFi Stadium. The Rams theoretically have a home game if there is any home field advantage in Los Angeles to be found. The opening line here... Bavada has the Bengals plus four and a half. Yeah. <laughs> the Rams should demolish the Bengals based on the scheme, based on the yeah. matchups. But this Bengals team, 
I, I keep saying the youthful ignorance. It's not even arrogance. It's just like, I don't know that I should really think that I don't belong here or that this, this thing matters in the grand scheme. So they keep playing fast. They keep doing their thing and they don't, um, they think that they have the shot even when they're, they're either down or close. So I like that the line is close to three, you know, for them because they might lose a close one. I don't think they're going to win right now. I haven't, I can't, I can't reconcile that, but I'm, I'm not going to just flat out say the Rams are going to actually uh, demolish them yet. I'm not there yet. I strong, like I am, I'm a big Bengals fan for the next couple of weeks. I really want to see this Bengals team win. That'd be a lot of fun. It would. Um, also, I'm just, one of my buddies sent me a text uh, saying that the, the commanders have stolen a hashtag from the AAF. The take command hashtag was used by the San Antonio commanders of the AAF. They have the same name as an AAF team. No yeah. due diligence was done, man. Zero due diligence. Was done. Well, this is, this is almost as bad as the Cleveland Guardians, not, potentially not even being able to get a trademark for that name. <laughs> so angry, man. I'm so angry about that. No, there's a lot of things to be angry about this week. Yeah. Add it to the list. I know. I didn't get the shoes I wanted yesterday. I'm pissed off. Yeah, add it to the list. Fuck. Can't imagine anyone going through anything worse. I, would don't, I won't even put myself in those shoes. Aha. To even feel that. Oh, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's going to be the end of this week's episode of the Underdog NFL Show. Again, it's wonderful that I waited 51 minutes and 15 seconds into the show to point this out, but I have a new program uh, starting this Friday in pursuit of a parlay. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Underdog website, and anywhere you get your podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. It's going to be fun, weird, different, experimental. I, I don't know what it's going to be just yet. Tune in. Probably, uh, probably just going to be audio for the first month or so, but we are going to get a video component to it as well. So subscribe, do all that stuff, and uh, that's going to be it for this week. Uh, until next week, I've been Chris Wardell. He's been Mario Hines. We thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.